Welcome to Under Center presented by St. Xavier University with our Bears insider Adam Hogue and our Bears contributor Eric Strobel. Tony Gill runs the pod and I am Kenneth Davis. On today's show, we definitely have to jump into the NFL trade deadline. I don't know why I'm saying it like it's the NBA or the MLB, but we definitely have to get into it and get Adam's thoughts on what could have been and what wasn't since the Bears didn't make any moves. And we also have to catch up with him on this past loss to the San Francisco 49ers, 33-22 here at Soldier Field. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. St. Xavier University is for students who want more out of their future. We pride ourselves on preparing graduates with the skills they need to succeed in life. Visit xxu.edu to start plotting your path to a brighter tomorrow. St. Xavier University, the best in you. I'm good, guys. Uh, you know, the Bears did make a huge move today. They uh, they signed LaCale <laughs> London back to their practice squad, and uh, they they uh, waved somebody. I can't even remember who it was. So uh, that's the big trade deadline news. Everybody was waiting for it today. Yeah, not a lot. Not uh, the, I, they, the Bears PR Twitter account tweeted out, you know, roster move. And it was like, oh. Uh? Oh, <laughs> it's it's one of those every week we see a couple rosters shuffling, you know, practice squad up and out and whatever and what have you. Um, I personally and Hogue, you can obviously give us your thoughts here, but I personally did not foresee a massive move coming. I feel like the GM and head coach are in too tenuous of a position to just raise the white flag when they're still very much in the hunt, if you will, if we're going off the graphics, we'll see down the stretch of the season that the Bears will be on the right side of. Um, so it didn't surprise me. I, I, I wish they had, you know, who knows how much they explored or how many calls they took or made, but I just, I didn't see it happening and it didn't. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of different problems. Um, one is the bears might be stuck right now. You know, I don't, it, it would take a lot for Ryan pace to go to ownership and be like, yeah, I think we got to rebuild and mm-hmm. for their response not to be like, wait a minute, aren't you in year seven? Like, why are we rebuilding? Right. You know, um, but that doesn't mean it's not the right move for the franchise. And so I, I unfortunately, I don't think we're maybe going to have any idea until perhaps the end of the season, how this week maybe actually unfolded at house hall. Uh, if there were any of those types of discussions, Ryan Pace usually does not talk during the bye week. I know right now he's not scheduled to, so I don't know that we're going to hear from the GM anytime soon. And of course, um, the team president and the chairman have not talked since January. So I don't know that we're going to get any of those types of answers. But, you know, the, the other thing, too, is you have to you can't just be like, all right, we're going to trade guys. You, there has to be a team that's offering you something that's worth yeah. trading too. Um, you know, at this point, I think with having. Dalton and Foles on your roster. That seems extremely redundant. So anything in my opinion, there would have been 
good enough, but maybe they didn't get anything. Maybe there's not a team that's even willing to give up a late round draft pick for Andy Dalton at this point. I thought the timing of the injury with Jameis Winston was interesting. Um, and, and also the timing of the injury uh, with Derrick Henry was interesting, but, and maybe that would have been a different situation had Henry actually been out for the year. It sounds like he'll probably try to make a comeback later in the year, but maybe that's a situation where you seriously think about David Montgomery. I don't know. But uh, that didn't all unfold, and, um, you know, like, same thing with Allen Robinson. The thing about Allen Robinson is if you keep him, there's a pretty decent chance you're going to end up with a third to fourth round compensatory draft pick in 2023, though. And so you have to make sure you're at least getting better than that in a trade by trading him today. Maybe they didn't get that offer. On the flip side, they could be in such a position where – they have to add so many guys. They don't get that comp pick in 2023. Although I don't know, given the there's this could be a tough off season, not to jump totally ahead, but yeah, they're, 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 they're going to have to say goodbye to some guys. They're not going to have a ton of room to start signing guys. I don't even know. It's the best thing for them to be doing. Like they may, they may be going into the rebuild in six months. Yeah. And you know, I just hope that we're not sitting back and going, well, would have been nice if you had started this six months ago instead of, you know, waiting to March. But pushing the chips back in just to make another half-hearted run. I I feel like next year, you're looking at some of the contract situations, some of the people they may want to part ways with. The dead money situation next year might be a kind of a reset year where you kind of eat yeah. it and you kind of do with a hard reset, especially if it's a new GM coming in potentially and not making any prognostications but if that's the case that's a easy call for them to be like i need a blank slate here this there's too many uh, items in the ledger for me to really do what i want to do we have this one great asset on offense moving forward that we want to build around but there's a lot of chaff on on the roster so it's it's not they're not in an in an ideal spot but like you say hogue it takes two to tango on a trade front the financials have to work out the the NFL trade deadline is not like MLB or even NBA or NHL to begin with, just because there's so little time you have. There's so much to get acclimated with in a new team, especially on offense. So there were just a lot of factors. It felt like that uh, conspired to uh, to make this a quiet, quiet deadline up at Hallis Hall. I just hope that they don't really believe that they can make the playoffs. Like I know you mentioned <laughs> earlier that they're they're going to be in the hunt. I'm saying that nominally on the graphic because they won't be eliminated. You know what I mean? Like, no, be, I understand. Yeah. But if you look at the schedule, they might actually not be on the graphic. Maybe like I'm not. being dead serious right now. You look at the schedule. I I think three and six is maybe the best case scenario. The rest of the way, you mean not three and six after this next game, which they'll probably be anyway. <laughs> what I'm saying, is the math wrong there? Well, no, you're saying three and six in their next nine games, correct? Yes. They also will be three and six if they lose money. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just I'm talking about going three and six the rest of the way. Just wanted to clarify. Nine games left because they're three and five right now. Winning three of their last nine. Because if you look at it, and I don't have the schedule in front of me, let's see how much I have it memorized. But at Pittsburgh, yep. They're six and a half point underdogs, guys. Like this looked like a. It looked like a win. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> Victory. Maybe. I've All announced right. it already. Here, though, so you want, here I got it in front of me. So yeah, and then the, the Ravens, that's a loss. Right. That's a loss. Mm. Detroit, hopefully a win. 
Cardinals loss, Packers loss, Vikings. I'll, I'll give them the Vikings, one of the at least one of the Vikings because Matt Nagy owns the Vikings and they're a tire fire right now. But Seattle, who knows? That's kind of a weird one. It's on the road, but with the way that team is, who knows if Russell Wilson is at full capacity? But that's not an easy game necessarily. That's Christmas. I think Russell's back. I think they're fine, right, but, especially at sure. home. Season it, yeah. at that point, based on what you just said, I mean, the like season at that point, I don't know if you're still who on knows. the in the hunt graphic. That's fair. That's a good. That's a, that's a fair point. They're <laughs> they're not in a good spot. We knew how tough the schedule was going to be, and it's kind of played out somewhat how we thought it would. I, I guess. They probably have one more win at this point than I thought they might. Well, like just so. to, to your point, like so I'm counting three wins. I'm counting the Lions. Yep. The Giants. Who are a little frisky, a little friskier than I would have thought, by the way. And then one of the Vikings games, which I don't think yeah. is necessarily a given. But to me, that's that's three and six. They would have to significantly outperform what they've done so far to get more than those three wins. I think you're exactly right. And even if you go four and five with that schedule, though, your record is seven and uh, seven and ten. Seven and ten. Like you're not, not making, making the, playoffs. the playoffs. I, I, I just, I don't, I don't know what logic you look at to be like. No, we're gonna hang on to these guys because we're gonna make a run. Now, other than I do understand, like maybe the position that Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are in, like they have no choice. We got to make a run right. at it. Got to hope for the best. But that can just, if your ownership, then. That can set you back another six months now. So, so to me, what you just laid out, if that's what happened, that's maybe the biggest flag so far that maybe their best interests and the Bears' best interests are not coinciding currently. Right now, we've it's been talked. It was talked about by Nagy and Pace all off season when they when well when Pace would talk, Nagy obviously talks a lot more. And Nagy, in regards to Fields especially, has said, "I'm going to do what's best for the Bears, not what not what's best for me." But this kind of this inaction, this, you know, we're loading up for one last run. That screams to me like the interests have diverged potentially. Yeah, that's what that's what that screams to me. I I thought the Von Miller trade was very interesting um, because they gave up a second and a third. The Rams gave up yeah. a second and third round pick for a guy who's probably not going to be on their team next year. You talk about going all in. They are all the way. Like they have, they have like no draft pick. Their first draft pick is in the fifth round next year. So, you know, it, people need to start realizing. And I don't know if it's going to come to fruition or not, but I don't think Khalil Mack's name is going to be uh, removed from trade conversations going forward. At least, you know, in spaces like this where you and I. Talk about this, sure. Because what people need to realize is, as much of a cap hit as it would be for the Bears to move that contract, it's actually a very affordable contract for the team acquiring him. Even at his age, we're talking about like sixteen million dollars a year for Khalil Mack, and it's not guaranteed money. Mm -hmm. Like all the garbage in the contract sticks with the Bears in a trade, <laughs> and so. You're you're getting a guy who's, in my opinion, is still playing at a very high level, and none of the money's guaranteed, so you can get out of it at any point. So I guess my point is, I, I just wonder if you're the Rams and you're trying to add an edge rusher like that. Was there a phone call made to the Chicago Bears this week? Because I would think that it would have been stupid for the Rams not to. Mm. Um, now that being said, I don't, I don't, I don't, I haven't gone in 
deep in the weeds in the Rams future cap situation. They have a lot of big contracts. It yeah. seems like um, they may not have even the room to carry Khalil Mack. And I know the Broncos kicked in a lot of that money just to make Von Miller happen. So that may be the reason right there on the surface. It's just, I just found when I saw Von Miller get traded, I thought that was very, very interesting because I thought maybe there's a market, maybe there's a market for Robert Quinn. It, I never thought I'd be yeah. saying that at this point, but like <laughs> right. of all the guys of it potentially available this week, Robert Quinn actually made sense. Like, especially if you're like maybe the Cowboys who right now don't have a good enough pass rush. He's been in Dallas before he fits that defense. And I don't know. There was all these, there were all these real, Maybe I shouldn't say realistic, but interesting possibilities to me as I started looking at it. And obviously none of it happened. Hoke, um, looking at what the, the Rams got, I mean, looking at what Denver got for Von Miller, a second and a third in next year's draft, what value do you think the Bears can get for Khalil Mack or Robert Quinn, but particularly Khalil Mack? Because at this point in Khalil Mack's career, he's more valuable than Von Miller. And I'm a huge Von Miller guy. Yeah, I agree. That's why... Yeah, that's why I brought that up. Because if you're the Rams and you want to go all in, I feel like I feel like Mac gives you better. He's a better player. Yeah. Now he does it the foot thing right now, and that would be concerning. I mean, they're talking about mm -hmm. IR last week, so um, maybe maybe that was a big enough hindrance to the whole deal. But my guess is it probably had more to do with the financials. I guess to answer your question though, because now we're on to the off season, right? Because that's the next time you can move them. Yeah. Um. So at least as I looked at this yesterday, if they were to trade, I have the numbers right in front of me. If you okay, want me to go through, yeah, so go name, ahead. Name, name a player. Who who are we talking? Khalil first. Yeah, because I know if they traded him. Um, yeah, go ahead, Khalil Mack. So if Khalil Mack is traded before June first, that would probably be the likely move, right? Uh, Twenty-seven million in dead money, but they would save three point one million against the cap. His cap number is thirty point one next year. Um, Robert Quinn isn't same. that six point one million? Hmm. I'm looking at 2022 cap uh, trade pre June one. I think it's he would count 24 million against the cap, but his cap hits 30.1, so that's a difference of 6.1 million. So it's 27 million. Is if it's at 24, I misspoke. 27 million in dead money. Oh really? Okay, that's yeah. not what I'm saying, but that's all right. All right, I'm on over the cap, so maybe we're on different. This stuff, yeah, this stuff gets all. Convoluted it gets all bit. jumbled. Point being, they're going to save a, a small amount, but then they'd be eating a, a major amount. Robert Quinn via over the cap pre June first trade, um, twelve million, twelve point seven in dead money, and they'd save a little more than Mac four point four million for his seventeen point one cap number. So, either one of those guys, you're going to save a little bit, but you're also going to be eating. It's kind of what I was mentioning earlier. If you decide next year is kind of a reset, the cap year. That's the year where you just say, all right, we're going to take on all the hits we have to take to clear the decks and, yeah. and hit the ground running for as depressing it as, as it is to say 2023. And again, the team trading for either of those players are getting uh, all the, the the cap nonsense. It doesn't come with the contract. Right. They just have a guy on a relatively affordable deal for a, a premier edge rusher that they can cut at any point. If even in Robert Quinn's case, yeah, you know, his contract might look like, oh man, now his, I think his money goes back up next year. So that might be a situation where they, if you're trading for Robert Quinn, you might actually want to restructure that a little bit. But mm -hmm. um, regardless, you know, if all of a sudden he falls apart because he's as old as he is, the money's not guaranteed. 
Right. So it, it those are, are those become affordable contracts. I forget which player we were talking about. It may have been Russell Wilson when we were talking about the Russell Wilson trade and possibilities mm-hmm. in the offseason that I had to keep reminding people, yeah, it's this crazy contract, but for the team acquiring him, it's not as bad because all that other stuff stays in Seattle. I, yeah. I don't remember if it was exactly that example, but there was definitely one of those uh, possibilities for the Bears in the offseason that we kept talking about. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hoke, one thing that stood out to me in your 10 Things article for this week, and I kind of mentioned this last week that uh, Khalil Herbert was messing with David Montgomery's money a little bit, mm-hmm. is you mentioned that they're going to have to they're going to have to pay David Montgomery pretty soon. All right. And usually you don't want to be in a situation where you're playing a running back. And the fact that they found someone who's not as good, but definitely is above serviceable in Khalil Herbert. What's your expectations down the line for David Montgomery and what the Bears will do when his contract runs out? Well, just look at the situation that Strobes just brought up. Like, if you were in a situation where you're trying to reset this whole thing in 2022, engaging in contract talks with a running back on a big running back contract, that to me, that's not good football business. Now, they don't have to do it next year. He's still under contract for 2022. But then you're talking about potentially having to franchise tag him or... And that number would be big. Yeah. Right. And tag and trade him. And, and I don't... It just... It doesn't seem like that's where the team is going to be a year from now. So that was just why... You know, maybe, maybe that's a name that they get some phone calls on in the off season too. It just, it, it, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves because it all depends. I think on who's actually running the show. Yep. I think there's a, it's a very good chance though. If a new general manager, somebody else calling the shots differently, they're going to reset a lot of this. And that might be a guy that they look at and be like, man, I don't know if it makes sense to be handing up big running back contracts right now. Right. Let's move him, get, get something decent in return, let the other team have to deal with that. I think David Montgomery is a really, really good player. And, hey, maybe his side will say, all right, like they know how hard it is for running backs to get paid. If there's a yeah. decent deal that makes sense for both sides, maybe you knock that out. But I just – the fact that Khalil Herbert's emerged at, like he has here, I think is just another reminder that handing out a big running back contract is not smart. And, and here's the unfortunate part of all this is that you would ostensibly in a vacuum be trying to take advantage of your rookie quarterback contract window. Right. And the way we're talking about this, because especially if it's a new GM and this has always been a fear, right? This isn't some new scenario. 
that if they rolled this back and it didn't work, look what we have left because we've because Pace has been kicking the can down the road on a lot of these guys to try and stuff other players in to make it work this year or last year. And if you say, Nick, okay, new guy comes in, I spend next year cleaning house, so to speak, clearing the decks. That means you're entering, you're basically throwing away two of the years of of his rookie contract, which is a real bummer, but mm-hmm. it may be one of the only ways forward, which is just, you know, an unfortunate situation to be in. But that that's something they might have to, a pain, a, you know, a poison pill, if you will, to use a contract lingo term that they might have to swallow to try and take advantage of years three, four, and five with with Fields. You know, I think you got to keep an eye on um, the Cowboys. Uh, the Vikings paid Dalvin Cook, didn't they? I believe so. Yes, they had to have. So um, Zeke yeah. definitely got paid, as you said. Yep. Yeah. But but they're in a situation where I think Cousins is in that. I forget. They keep extending that guy for some reason and giving him all guaranteed money. Is this the last year of Cousins deal? I'm gonna no, he has like he has like two more years. It's crazy. Because we're talking yeah, we're talking because remember he just got like three last year, but when we're talking uh, about next next year is the last year because he got, yeah he got okay. a um, tacked on more years. I don't the, yeah he I'm looking at it again over the cap and uh 2022 is his last season under contract. It was um he signed a two year extension in March of last year worth 66 mil. Yeah, so I mean, the reason I brought those two teams up is because they're the examples of paying a running back and then also having to give the quarterback big money at the same time. And, you know, I think you look at the Vikings and they they had to get, give up a lot of that defense. That was really, really good. And now they're getting by, but are they a Super Bowl contender? I don't know. The Cowboys are the team to maybe watch the rest of the season because they actually look like a pretty good team right now. Um and they so drafted, and they drafted really well on the defensive side of the ball, which is kind of what's helped them yeah. along with Dan Quinn, obviously kind of rise back up a little bit. But I think they've been sitting there for two years now, maybe regretting the uh, Zeke yeah. contract that they gave out. Yep. They almost weren't able to keep Dak because of it. Right. Um, and then you got Tony Pollard coming. It's like, well, like he yeah. can play. <laughs> but now, now might be the first time where they're actually like, all right, this is why we did this because. Zeke's looking a little bit better. The offense yeah. is pretty darn good. Um, but let's see how it plays out because they most likely, just because of the way the salary cap works, um, by the way, the salary cap, important to mention, mm. because there is a chance that that thing shoots up this yeah. offseason because yeah. of how they, they should never have brought it down as much as they did this that year. Was crazy. I cannot believe the Players Association let that happen mm-hmm. without fighting it harder. Um and so they might overcompensate, and that maybe that's what the Bears are planning for here. There's mm. no question that that point. really screwed the Bears this year more than other teams. I mean, a lot of teams got screwed by, but especially a team like the Bears. That's why Jimmy Graham was so upset when he had that press conference and training camp, right? Um, and he was kind of railing on the Players Association because it hurt his team specifically, and it may have even hurt him. He survived; he's still getting his money, yeah. but he may have been a casualty of that. Um, so. Maybe that's what saves the Bears, and I hate to say it, maybe that's something ownership's keeping and kind of as a valid excuse right now for Ryan Pace. It's a fair point, and we know you got to run. We appreciate your time, Ho, but real quick, give us, I know you've been doing your film study and your grades. Give us your field's take from uh, from last Sunday's game. Yeah, I thought he played, I thought he played really well. I just got done grading uh, his performance specifically. Um there were a couple high throws that I dinged them for. There was um, 
a zone read that I don't even know was the wrong call, but had he kept it, he would have had a lot of space. And I just so I think they, I don't think he made the right decision on that one. Um, some of those can be an instinct where you just got to like think, oh, yeah, I can beat this guy to the edge. You know, I think he's going to learn that more. There was one instance where he didn't hit a check down, but still picked up like four or five yards with his legs. I just, I think he would have gotten seven or eight and avoided an extra hit had he just thrown it down to his running back on the check down. Uh, and then there was one bad decision that threw to Allen Robinson where I don't think he saw the underneath defender at all, went off that guy's hands and could have been a disastrous interception. It wasn't. Other than that, he was making plays all day. He was the offense. The offense was going through Justin Fields. They did not get much out of the running game. They only averaged like three yards per carry with the running backs. He was the running game. Justin mm. Fields was the running game. So, I mean, he really was the production. And I don't even, I, I've, I've seen people like kind of ding, well, they only scored 22 points. They settled for too, too many field goals. True. A lot of that was due to penalties, stalling drives, not his fault. How many uh, holding calls were there? That illegal uh, man downfield on the screen was a was a killer. Right, right now, one of those was weird because the whole line was run blocking, and it didn't even look like a zone read. He just took the snap and threw it. I don't know what was going on on that play. That was very confusing. Um, so I don't know if he actually screwed something up at the line or not. Those are the type of things we'll never know. But um, overall, he played really well. I don't really understand why there's even a debate about it. Um, a couple of those running plays were insane. And he threw the ball decisively, too. I, I just think overall his decision-making was sped up. He was making decisive decisions right away. Throw it, zip it, or tuck it and run and go. And don't hesitate. And I just I saw a lot of growth, so I think that that was good. Hoke, real quick, tell everyone about 22Q Awareness Month and then its importance, please. Yeah, thanks, Ken. Um, so t- November is 22Q Awareness Month, and a lot of people don't know about 22Q. Uh, my son, who is now seven, was born with it. It's a genetic condition. And uh, the easiest way to explain it is it's kind of like the opposite of Down syndrome, just in terms of the anatomy of it. But instead of having um, an extra chromosome, you have a deletion in your 22nd chromosome, and it can lead to all types of medical issues, different things, depending on how big that deletion is. A lot of it's treatable. Every situation is different, but this is a very, very common condition that not a lot of people know about. And sometimes it goes undiagnosed for years because it may just be like a kid having random things like issues swallowing as they grow up, uh, maybe some learning disabilities, things like that. And sometimes doctors don't add it all up together because there's not a ton of awareness about this. So early diagnosis and early intervention is key. That's why it's so important to be aware of of it. And um, that's what we're going to continue to do in the month of November. So I'll tell some stories about James. And um, if anybody uh, wants to check more out, I would tell them to go to the 22Q Family Foundation website. There's so much good information on there. Uh, and a, a good FAQ that explains the whole thing way better than I just did and uh, appreciate the support from everyone. No doubt. We appreciate it, Hogan. Everybody, if you buy an obvious t-shirt from Hogan John's, a portion goes to 22Q family. Appreciate it, Hogan. Get out of here, man. We know you got stuff to do. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. You too. Talk to you.
All right, that's it for the Under Center Podcast. We will be back Friday. Boy, these days are starting to blend together, Eric. Rate, follow, review. Hit us with the five-star. And if you're betting, please use points bet.